0: Every company at their level should do this, getting as much data as possible to be able to use it and understand better who they are, to target them better, build a better product, build better marketing materials, better customer support service, better training, better everything.
1: The Strategic Marketing Show is brought to you by Insights for Professionals, providing access to the latest industry insights from trusted brands all in a customised, tailored experience. Find out more over at insightsforprofessionals.com Hey, it's David. What makes customer experience great and what makes it not so good? And what can big companies learn from small companies about customer experience? That's what we're discussing today with uh, a lady who has 12 years of experience in customer-centric roles, both in France and the UK. She's worked mostly in luxury and tech, and her main driver is the positive impact her work has on others. She's currently the Customer Journey Director at MySense.ai. Well, welcome to the Strategic Marketing Show, Swanee Henry.
0: Hello, David.
1: Hey, Swanee. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find Swanee over at MySense.ai. So, Swanee, what are the key elements that create great customer experience?
0: To me, to me customer experience uh, connects the dots between all the elements of uh, the, the customer journey. So, it really depends on the company and the strategy of the company. So, if I, if I use uh, my experience and my current role as an example, we are a health tech company. It's a startup uh my purpose is to we need to deploy MySense product within people's homes. So because nothing exists yet, I have to build the customer experience from scratch. I need to build something that is I mean, that works, That's basic and that works. That foundation, a strong foundation. So I need to understand what are the key elements of the customer journey to be able to make it consistent and smooth from the moment they hear about the product to the moment they stop using the product.
1: So it sounds like then you have your identified customer journey to begin with, which we actually just discussed in the previous episode, and you layer maybe the experience that um, prospects have with your brand, with your content, on top of your customer journey in order to link up the various marketing channels. Would would that be a reasonable way of describing it?
0: Yes, that's a reasonable way of of describing it. Uh, And I would add to this that it might not only be marketing, it might be uh, customer support, it might be training. What is our strategy and what are our pain points and how can we fix and find solutions to these pain points? And these solutions might be Through marketing, it might be through training, it might be through customer support, it can be uh, through product as well. So it's connecting all these dots, I would say.
1: That is an absolutely wonderful point, because I think that it's a bugbear of many marketers that um, they know that customers or p- potential customers have these interactions with your company, with customer service departments, with sales departments, and um, with product as you say as well, and that impacts possibly whether or not they choose to do business with you either as a first customer or a repeat customer as well. So it certainly has an impact on marketing success. So. <laughs> Maybe taking a slight detour on our um, initial topic here, how can marketers best um, encourage customer service teams sales teams to work more closely with them to have that joined up customer experience?
0: That's a good question. So for customer experience, and this is what will be very useful to marketers is getting insights, and I'm going to uh, to maybe I'm going to talk about assumptions so our Our main uh, issues is that we make a lot of assumptions uh, in customer experience, and we need to as much as possible avoid them. and to not have that many assumptions, marketers, but everyone, every team, not only marketers, every team should talk to each other to avoid these assumptions. So, uh, a marketer uh, who would need to create a document, I don't know, a cr- document for a store, like uh, point of sale, branding, I don't know. They need to understand who the clients are and to be able to understand who the clients are, they will need to talk to the sales team and potentially have the opportunity to talk to the clients directly to understand who they are, what they want, what their needs are, what their requirements are, and uh, and not assume who they are just... Because, I don't know, it's easy to make assumptions on, on things like, oh, I wouldn't do this, or I wouldn't buy this product in this store because I never go in this store. And the question is, but are you the target? Are you the target to the mm-hmm, product? Mm-hmm. Do you know who what they want? So I would say uh, marketers need to go to sales team as much as possible to get the information about is uh, my target. And the same way sales team needs to go to marketers to explain to them who their clients are, so that they can get the tools and the marketing tools they need to be able to sell better.
1: Okay, so essentially to ensure that there's a one view of who the who the customer is, um, across all the different departments in the business that happen to have direct interactions with that customer.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, ideally, I would say, and this is what we're trying to do as much as possible, we're trying to shadow our, our users, clients, customers, to, to see what they look like for them, what their expectations, pain points, difficulties are, because it's the best way to understand how we can improve the product and how we can uh, personalise our messaging with them.
1: So you've worked in larger brands. You you work for smaller brands now, possibly a growing brand, possibly going to be a larger brand, but um, there are different sizes of companies out there. And I think the way that um, people experience interactions with a brand, i.e. customer experience, um, can be different in smaller companies versus larger companies. So I'd like to explore what you feel is the same between larger companies and smaller companies when it comes to considering best practice customer experience, and perhaps what is different. So sh- shall we start off with maybe what's the same, first of all?
0: Same? Oh, yes. So same, I would say in terms of best practices is who, who is my uh, target? doing research to understand who our target is, build personas, segment your audience, and constantly refine it, embed into your journey uh, research initiatives like surveys or customer satisfaction surveys, for example, is just a very simple one and a a very useful one. Uh, Voice of customer reports are very useful as well because you can learn better what their pain points are and... Every company at their level should do this, getting as much data as possible to be able to use it and understand better who they are, to target them better, build a better product, build b- better marketing materials, better customer support service, better training, better everything.
1: Okay. And um, and the, the other side of the question, the other side of the coin, um, what can? What, what, what is a bit different between with the way that great customer experience is delivered in large companies versus small ones?
0: I would say I will base it on my experience, um, mostly. In, but I would say, in startups and small companies, uh, and mostly in those I, I worked for and I'm working for, the customer experience first is a department, it's a function. And we build the, we need to build the foundation of a customer journey and the customer experience. So we need something simple that works uh, that will be effortless for the customer. Uh, we just need something that works. But in a bigger company, they already have a customer experience a customer journey. Maybe they don't call it like this, but it already exists because they have a marketing. Uh, department, they have customer support uh, department, they have training department, and uh, it's more about how can we improve it, I would say, how can we continuously improve it. So maybe they will create this function under the marketing department. This is quite common uh, when in a small company, customer experience, it can start with customer experience. For example, customer marketing was in my team at some point. Uh, but we not, we're too small to have a marketing team, so we're outsourcing it now. So we just have customer experience. So I think that would be the main difference. It's, in small companies, we need just the foundations and the basics at the beginning. And in the big companies, we need to wow. How can we create this wow thing? How can we, we, can, how can we I don't marvel the, uh, the customer?
1: Now, recently, there has been a rapid technology evolvement and that seems to be speeding up. And I would imagine that sometimes smaller companies embrace new technology a little bit more quickly than larger companies. So is that the case? And if so, does that give, to a certain degree, some smaller companies a little bit more advantage over larger companies when it comes to novel customer experiences?
0: I would say yes and no. So yes, yes, because, and again, I'm going to give examples of uh, of the companies I worked for, uh, because I worked for two tech startups, and the product were, was innovative. Because the product was innovative, uh, the audience was different, was unknown, uh, and uh, the, the experience was obviously different and unknown. So we needed to be innovative in that the, the experience we needed to define which solutions we channel, which uh, channels, sorry, uh, do we do we need to uh, to use uh, in this way? It was different, but for bigger companies, they often have the budget to maybe maybe they need to uh, adapt, and because they're bigger, they need time to operate this, this digital transformation. But they also have the budget to do it well. Uh, in small companies, we offer, uh, often rely on investments and it with the budget can be tight. I'm not saying all companies but can be tight and it might be uh, longer and harder to, to operate this digital transformation, not only for us, but because it's an innovative product. We need to operate this digital transformation in our customers. So and change is very hard for customers. Uh, They always want something new, and it's everyone. They always want something new. We always want something new, but when we have this new thing, we need to adapt and integrate in our daily life. It's not always easy, and um, I think that would be
1: uh, the difference. Yes, um, I think there's a a couple of different sides to that as well, because um, certainly customers um, are always looking for new experiences. Um, They have different changing expectations all the time, i.e. perhaps WhatsApp now is a preferred way of communicating for some industries compared with perhaps email has been in the past. However, I I would also say that some customers don't like change. They don't like change in terms of um, radical Website redesigns where they once visited um, to get um, information or customer services completely disappeared, and the way that you interact has disappeared as well. Um, so, how do you marry up that need or desire for new things and changes and um, improved experiences um, with making sure that the customers actually understand where things are?
0: Yes, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, so, this is how do we accompany and handhold the customer so that, oh, no, that's not very true actually, um, because it depends on who the customer is. Uh, if this is a very tech savvy customer, if our target is a very tech savvy customer, maybe this person will want to uh, investigate themselves and dig, dig into things, and they will want to have very techy videos uh, and content, and they will be they will want to to find the information themselves. Uh, they will want they won't want to use customer support. But if we have I don't know valuable adults as an audience, maybe people who are not tech savvy, uh, and they will just want to talk to people, and they will need a lot of training. Uh, and maybe they will not they be very interested in the product itself on the on, about the benefits that they will get from the product. Well, the approach will be very different because maybe we need to accompany them. Maybe we need to engage with them before they get the product installed uh, to explain and reassure them on what the product does. Uh, Maybe we'll need to install the product uh, ourselves so that they don't have to bother with this task and we'll reassure the product will be installed. Maybe we'll need them to engage them to make sure they're confident and they are reassured. After the installation of the product, the the whole journey and the whole whole approach will be completely different depending on who is our audience and what the product is.
1: So how do you build great customer experience into a marketing strategy?
0: Great customer experience into marketing strategy, I would say, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but um, first understand who uh, your customer is, what they want. Uh, never assume anything and never assume anything however and I'm going to contradict myself in the same sentence in small companies contrary to the big companies sometimes you don't have the data you don't know who your audience is exactly you have an idea but you don't know Uh, and you'll you'll have to assume some elements Uh, and you, you always need to ask yourself can I validate this assumption now and if I can validate it or unvalidate it now, how do I do it? And if I can't, well, what's? how can I get the most accurate assumption now? So often I build workshops with several teams in the company, like finance team, marketing team, uh, customer support. And we, we try to think and to think what, does my target audience would do in this context? So, yeah, I think, I think to build the best experience, you start like this. Then you map the journey, the existing journey, and you identify what doesn't help uh, achieve your goal and what is not aligned with your company strategy. You identify these pain points and, and prioritise What do I need to tackle now? What do I need to work on now? And what's my strategy and what's my goal? And how do I find a solution for this? Uh, What's the best solution? And what's the simplest solution as well? I would say that simple is always the best solution. Uh, It needs to be simple for the customer. It needs to be simple for uh, the company as well.
1: I like the way you started off by talking about the importance of validating assumptions. I think it's easy to have um, experienced marketing teams think that they know exactly what's going on in terms of the mindset of the customer. How do you go about validating an assumption?
0: You test it. Uh, so I would say with data. Uh, so there's so many ways of doing it. Um, if you don't have any 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 customers yet, for example. Uh, There there are many ways of you can try to validate it. Uh, It might not be accurate, but you can try. Uh, You can, I don't know, test. If you're testing an app, for example, see if does it work, is it intuitive? You can try and go to a coffee shop and ask people if they have two minutes to test it for you. Uh, It's random people, but at least it's spontaneous. They're not expecting it. They've never used it and they will try to see if it's intuitive otherwise depends on what you want to do. but i would do uh, surveys i would do interviews i would do focus groups and it takes time but some customers it's actually very interesting to see how customers are sometimes very interested in just participating and sharing so it's always worth a try
1: and you also believe that going the extra mile can be extremely worthwhile. And I believe that you've used a case study to talk about this in the past.
0: Yes, um, so I worked, I worked a little bit at Harrods and, and my background uh, is in luxury. So I, I've, I really find luxury uh, industry and customer experience in luxury industry fascinating because it looks like everything is possible. And you always need to go the extra mile. And I wanted to talk about Harrods because this is Harrods' motto. Uh, they're, really, they're really trying to go the extra mile. And there are many things they're trying to do to achieve this. So f- just simple examples. For example, in the swimwear section, when was it? Five years ago, they were spraying some coconut perfume just to, make, uh, to immerse people into this uh, beach Uh, feel like they're on on an island and people want to go on holiday and when you go from one department one floor to another you have this different feel so this is going the extra mile Um, you can they also had this uh, this experience of a husband who bought a helicopter for his wife and asked to wrap it uh, as a present for for her, so and you can see online. I mean, if you Google, you can you can find it. The wrapped helicopter. So it's going the extra mile. It's making the user, the customer, unique, uh, feel like the exceptional. And yeah, it's 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 luxury. So it, of course, it it raises maybe questions, but it's what luxury is. And um, there's also another part of luxury that's interesting and what what is interesting at Harrod's is Harrod's is a brand and it has lots of brands in it and storytelling for a luxury maison or luxury company is critical because often luxury maisons have a history and uh, the history of the founder uh, of the craftsman uh, and so when you sell, uh, you have the storytelling, you tell the story to make people dream, to make people, uh, to have these their eyes sparkle a little bit. And depending on the customer you have on the shop floor, uh, the, the, the effect, the impact is different. You have the customers who can afford the product and you have the customers at Harrods who can't afford the product. And this is what's incredible with Harrods, is that you have all types of customers. You have those who are here, like uh, in a museum, visiting and discovering all these brands and uh, trying to be immersed in this incredible experience. And you have those who are here to shop. And when you tell the story uh, and the incredible story of the brand to, um, to the customer who can't afford, they're usually so impressed and their eyes are sparkling and they really want to, I don't know, it's, it's a world they don't know. And it's it actually is the best part for me telling the story to someone who, who has never heard it before, who's not used to it, because it has such a great impact on them. And for them, and this is where Harrods was smart, they have their own brand, and uh, their own brand can be afforded by everyone. So those who can't afford this luxury brand will go then to the Harrods uh, brand floor i can't remember fifth floor maybe and they will buy a souvenir uh of harrods to remember this this moment so it won't be the luxury brand but it will be the harrods brand and i think that's uh yeah it's it's just quite interesting how storytelling can have an impact on uh on people on customers
1: that's great a great example there and it sounds like the the higher end Um, a brand that you are, the most, the more luxurious a brand you are. um, You have to ensure that um, you have that succinct story of um, your beginnings, perhaps, uh, as a brand and involving your prospects in that as much as um, you can to get them passionate about um, what it is that you do and um, the why that your brand is um, heading towards. And um, you're perhaps joining the customer together to actually solve that challenge or take them along on that story uh, will that make them more likely to purchase from you. And, and just finally, in relation to your first example there, uh, the, the coconut scent on the bathing costumes, was, was there any way that uh, Harrods could go about actually measuring the bottom line impact of doing that? I mean, did they do, for instance, did they do a split test? Did they do one day a department without any spray and and one day with the spray to to see what the different conversion rate in terms of purchases were? Yes, I, I would
0: say... That's a good point. I think maybe an A-B, AB testing of before before the coconut spread, after the coconut spread. And I, I don't know actually maybe they had another scent before, maybe they had like a sea, sea, sea water <laughs> scent before. See and which one which one is working better. But yeah, that's a that's a good point to measure because you can't measure you can't measure this on social media for example all these inst- all the instagrammers for example uh, couldn't post about this at all you can't measure it with uh,
1: that way absolutely absolutely well not necessarily thinking about what we've been discussing so far what is the number one thing marketers need to incorporate into their strategy
0: i would say not incorporating, but avoiding, <laughs> I would say. And it goes with research. And it's um, and exactly what we mentioned earlier. It's avoiding assumptions, trying to not assume anything and validate a uh, hypothesis as much as, as often as possible. Uh, because, as we mentioned before, it's very easy. I mean, I can give an example of one time where I, I assumed and I had a big prejudice, which is... Uh, an, But we learn from these mistakes, and the more mistakes we make, the the less we're doing them. Um, I was working in a tech tech company, uh, and it was a very techie product, really, for a techie audience. Uh, And I was working with New Zealand, and I was interviewing one of our volunteers who was using the product. And our volunteers are mostly... Either they absolutely need the product and don't have a choice and they're using it, or they're very tech savvy and just use it because they love the technology. And I was asking, oh, what's your hobby? What, do, what sports do you like? Or do you like sports? Or what sports do you like? And because they were from New Zealand, my stupid assumption was uh, they loved rugby. It, it cannot be anything else. Uh, but actually that was completely incorrect. Uh, They loved car racing and uh, monster trucks because actually they loved the technology of these sports, which makes sense. But I'm happy I asked for this question because for my marketing strategy to be able to advertise uh, our product, I knew that it wouldn't be in, I don't know, like doing a rugby match uh, on TV, uh, when you have the TV ad that I would advertise this product, but more uh, maybe doing Formula One on TV that I would advertise it. Um, so it, it's it's just prejudices and assumptions are very easy to make. We have loads of them. Uh, we just need to try to to be aware of them to avoid them,
1: and perhaps even dive in to discover them because I think there were there are many unknown or undiscovered uh, self prejudices that that you have. So it's important um, to, to, I guess, ask yourself that kind of question at important decisions in terms of um, what you're doing with your customer journeys.
0: Yeah, Uh, we're so biased in many ways. We're so biased in many ways. So yes, uh, never assume anything. And always involve the other teams because they have a different point of view. Uh, finance ha- can, can be brilliant. We often never think of a fi- finance team, but they have such, such good insights sometimes uh, and very helpful on the customer experience.
1: I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Swanee Henry over at mysense.ai. Swanee, thanks so much for being on the Strategic Marketing Show.
0: Thank you very much,
1: David. And thank you for listening. Here at IFP, our goal is simple. To connect you with the most relevant information to help solve your business problems all in one place, insightsforprofessionals.com.